Welcome to Cyber Career Chat, the podcast supporting innovation in the fast-paced world of cybersecurity. Join us as we explore the exciting career paths and opportunities available and keep up with industry developments in Australia and around the world. Cyber Career Chat is brought to you by the Workforce Development Team at the New South Wales Cybersecurity Innovation Node and proudly produced and supported by the Experts On Air Podcast Network. So I just would like to welcome Jacinda Erklands to Cyber Careers Chat. Jacinda studied at Macquarie University and has a Bachelor of Security Studies and Security, whilst also completing international relations and politics units to enhance her understanding of the world we live in, as it affects security on almost every level. Jacinda's focus is within the strategic and policy-making side of cybersecurity. Jacinda is now a full-time information assurance specialist for Telstra, who continues to strive, grow and develop various cyber skills from her peers. She also is a dedicated and valued New South Wales Cybersecurity Innovation Node Ambassador and provides her expertise and knowledge for up-and-coming cyber professionals. So welcome, Jacinda, to today's podcast. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jacinda, for spending time with us this week and allowing us to record this third podcast session with you. So welcome. Thank you for having me. So a few quick questions today and one of them is could you explain to myself um, and others that are listening what is it meant by cybersecurity being vibrant? Um, I thought maybe cybersecurity was quite technical. Is this not perhaps the case? I can't say I've heard the word vibrant too many times in the context of cybersecurity. I think in my experience, I'm used to hearing the word passion a lot more. And what that refers to is the personality and the energy that a person brings to the, te- to the team and their goal and their organisation. Now, in cybersecurity, some are technical and some are not. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which you are. Skills can always be taught. It's as long as you're the passionate one with the right attitude and the willingness to learn. And I think that's where the vibrant comes in because you want people that are enthusiastic and excited to get out of bed in the morning and help out. Um, The other way thinking about vibrant could be colours. And I'd actually say cybersecurity has almost every colour in the rainbow You've got the purple teams and blue teams on the technical end. You've also got the red team um, and red is also shared by the heat maps and the risk assessments used by the GRC team, so the government risk and compliance lot. And they've got, yeah, the red and the yellow and the orange and the greens. So that's probably where I would say vibrant fits in. But, yeah, it's one I would generally associate more with passion, just having the right attitude and the I love right that. enthusiasm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you referred it to colours of the rainbow. I think that's, yeah, spot on actually. Well done. So what made you want a career in cyber and how did you get there? So I started with a security degree. It was first year it ran, brand new, looked very exciting And going into it, I did more of the criminology and the policy side of it because it does train us to be cyber analysts in only one of the units. 
So the C in my unit code stood for the counter for counterterrorism, not cyber. Mm -hmm. But in my third year, two of my friends approached me and said, hey, one of the teachers mentioned that there's this cybersecurity challenge. Do you want to do it? And because I'm always up for a challenge and I hadn't really done a proper security unit for a few months by that point, I was quite happy to do it. Now, I didn't know at the time, and it was definitely a blessing in disguise. My father has always worked in IT since the late 80s, and because this competition required an academic or an industry person who had worked in IT, not necessarily security, I went home one night and being his daughter and knowing all the social engineering information I needed, explained to him that he's going to get all these emails from the Atlantic Council, do what you want with them because my friends and I are going to do a cybersecurity challenge. <laughs> you would have loved that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he actually showed up and helped us with the briefing and said, well, you actually don't care about this part, you don't care about this part, you should emphasise this, this is the type of presentation because he had industry experience and he was actually one of the few coaches with that background. Many had academic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So we actually ended up being the only undergraduates in the finals. We had the award for the best decision document because we went off um, what my father recommended in terms of the summaries. Yeah. And it was an incredible experience and going through it the whole time because I've always been the, I want to stand on my own two feet. So I kind of avoided IT because I didn't want the, oh, you got that job because your daddy knows this person or some level of nepotism. Yeah. I never wanted that. But I did two days with no one knowing who the hell my dad was. It was great. <laughs> that would have been amazing. That's a really yeah. good learning experience, isn't it? Oh, definitely. So it gave me an idea on the non-technical side of cybersecurity before I hit the cybersecurity unit. It showed me that I can work under pressure and, most importantly, it introduced me to a lot of really good people, including some of my current mentors within the cybersecurity community. So from then... I went to various meetups. I did some extra um, hackathons and other things and really immersed myself within the cybersecurity community. So by the time I was going through the grad application process, I knew what companies I really wanted to go for. And I actually knew a lot of the people interviewing me at the end before I got there because I had actually started my own brand and, yeah, being immersed in the community for so long. Wow, that is awesome. It is great that you did have your father there for support, but like you said, you know, you wanted to do it on your own. So good on you for just doing it. Thank you. And I will say um, at the time, my dad, where are we going? I said, we're in the finals, Dad. We've, we've got to go. We're being put into another room now. And he said, oh, he had no idea. Completely missed it. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Good on him. So um, you, you did just speak about some hackathons. So what, what sort of activities have you participated since that first one that you've done? Yeah. So not all of them were cyber. Um, I actually yeah. started enjoying it because you end up finding out what kind of person you're like under pressure and what areas not just within your skill set are you good at. So for me, I always end up, ended up um, forming the presentations and a good chunk of the speeches. I'd go to the more technical or the more specialised people for actual content, but I was very much a good mover and shaker and putting all the information together in a digestible format. Mm -hmm. So I did end up doing a health hackathon, which I found really interesting. 
Sure. Um, I think probably my more incredible ones were I had to hand my passport in for this one to get approval because I did the ASEAN Codathon, which is attached to the summit. Ah, so what does ASEAN stand for? It's um, an agreement within the Australian South Pacific region. It's um, is it Association of Southeast Asian Nations. Yes, it is. So in March of my final year at uni, I did the ASEAN Codathon. We started at nine in the morning and continued all the way to five at night. Now, I did actually sleep for about four hours on this one. Anything over 24 hours, it is acceptable to sleep for a couple at least. And in that one, we're actually focusing on some of the real-world problems and issues that were being discussed in the summit. So my team came up with an application that could be run over a financial institute's systems to identify the legitimacy of a transaction going through and actually highlight if it could be suspicious based on a particular algorithm. So in addition to coming up with a demo of this, we also had to do a briefing, a report and a two and a half minute video outlining what our product was and what it could do. Many of us were university students and we had someone from AusSearch helping us as well. And, yeah, that was a really good one. I know one team did stay overnight, continuing to work and slept in the area when it was locked out and Throughout that one as well, we had a lot of industry and mental support. So people from Austrac, people from Thomas Reuters, um, I believe PwC were there as well, mm-hmm. assisting and lending their advice in the creation. And I just remember going back that night completely stuffed, <laughs> going back the next morning and getting first in our category and the CISA, so the Cyber Security Challenge Australia, that one's actually, OzCyber um, is a proud sponsor of that event as well. Yeah, that was very different for me. I my university to do that one actually and I was fortunate enough that my university did let my team and one other team from Macquarie University fly out for that one. Wow. Um, a very much a technical one. And that's a solid 24 hours. So some people slept, others didn't. Very intense, very team bonding and building. And I think there are some photos of me in pyjamas wearing my boyfriend's oversized jumper at 4 in the morning having a power nap before the 5 a.m. rush to finish a couple of the challenges while I had certain things um, being run and analysed. So... Being such a strong team commitment, did you know the team that you're going to be working with for those 24 hours? Yes, I was very fortunate with my university. They actually had us come in in rounds and meet up with each other and we had one of the tutors and a few other students had organised a weekly SISCA catch-up. So you'd actually go into the labs I believe it was it was either a Tuesday or a Wednesday afternoon and we had the lab for two hours. Mm-hmm. So I was able to meet my team and work with them and we'd set things up. So we did know each other well enough and comfortably enough that we did have a good giggle when we're watching half the team getting tested for explosives <laughs> because they've only packed two pairs of underwear and a lot of computers. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what was the biggest thing you learnt from that one? 
I think from that one, the biggest thing I learnt was where my limitations are. I learnt a lot about the basics of the technical and I learnt that I am good at the social engineering aspect and while I can understand a lot of the technical stuff, it does take me a while to get there and wrap my head around it compared to some of my other teammates that flew by and we still managed to do quite well in the competition. Yeah. But for me, as hard as it was, it showed me that I really need to focus and my love and my attention will probably almost always be in the governance risk and compliance space. Yeah. Albeit the social engineering was quite enjoyable. Yeah, and it just really goes back to show that cybersecurity is quite a va- uh, vibrant area to be working within too. So doing such things like ha- hackathons, um, capture the flag events, it's not boring. It sounds like you've had a great time and you've yeah. learnt and had and so even, many great experiences. Yeah, and even then with SciScore, I think the thing I ended up doing the most within my team was actually the guys had to walk me through how they got the flag because there mm-hmm. were points for the flag but also the walkthrough. Mm-hmm. But that, and that was the area I was best at because I could articulate exactly what was done and how it was done and why it was done. Yeah. And that always got us the maximum points. So, so do you there think- are, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. No, you go. I was going to say, if there are university students that are listening to this right now, what would you suggest to them or say to them that might be considering to, you know, place a team in such a hackathon? What would you suggest? I would say, firstly, go for it. Regardless Mm -hmm. of whether you know the people or you don't, you'll end up having a great experience and you will enjoy yourself and you'll learn more about yourself and you'll even make some great friends out of it. Some of the people I met at the Asian Codathon, I'm still quite close with to this day. Great. And I get to watch some of them do incredible things and one of them is actually Georgia. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we did that one together. Oh, well, there you go. We didn't know that. We have Georgia on in a couple more episodes after yourself. So that's very exciting. Actually, I'll send you one or two photos of it, actually. There's a good one with her, myself, and Cameron Rose because we were the Macquarie group. Yes, I do remember Cameron Rose being at one of the events that um, Todd Williams had asked him to be at, and I feel like you may have been there as well. Oh, yeah, Cameron and I were attached at the hip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I think it might have been actually the 2018 Cybersecurity Strategy Launch. We had an event there as well, uh, and you were there. It was a capture a flag event, and I believe with you, with me, were also in attendance. Very possible. I think Cameron and I did at least one industry event a week in my final semester. Wow. I did a lot of immersing myself in the cybersecurity community. Oh, there you go. That is amazing. But, yes, going back to the advice, I would definitely say give it a go and bring it to your lecturers or your teachers because especially if it's something run by the university or the university may the following year sponsor it, they may be able to put the word out and you might be able to go, even if it's just with one person from your degree that you know, that might give you just that little bit of extra comfort to go into it. Um, I didn't really get involved with our cybersecurity community within the university until after the codathon. 
And I remember walking through to the lab and at the front there's a TV and it's got um, cybersecurity news. And as I'm walking, I see this photo come down and it's from the Asian Codathon and it's actually got me in it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I looked at my friend and I said, did you know I was in that photo? He said, yeah, you've been circling in that um, slideshow for months now. Oh. And then I walk into the room and they all look at me and go, oh, that, that's the girl in the red dress that was doing the codathon. Oh, isn't that fantastic? Yeah, so it was quite funny. Oh, that's great. No, that's really good advice. Just have a go. So, and also, just very recently, congratulations on your ACIA nomina- <laughs> nomination. Can you explain to us what that nomination was for and um, where to from here? Thank you so much. Um, I was a bit taken aback when one of my friends said, um, do you want to be nominated? And I'd be remiss if I went against my own advice and said, mm. no, don't bother. My nomination effectively was for the rising star of the year and that's basically someone with less than three years' experience because in the first few years, if you really immerse yourself within the community the way I do, you actually realise how supportive it is of all walks of life and everyone's career, whether it be students that are interested or even have never been exposed to cybersecurity, to people that have been in the industry since the beginning who have incredible stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you realise what there is in the community and how positive it's been. I've always wanted to give back because the introduction I've had so far has been such an inspiring thing to me. I really wanted to focus on giving back and that has been acknowledged and credited by a number of people and this is one of the areas where it can be shown because this is a new, incredible, exciting, ever-evolving industry And sometimes we forget to take a step back and say, wow, it's been a big year or you've really actually made a difference because to tell you the truth, over the last six or seven months, I didn't necessarily think I'd made much of an impact. And then my one of my team members looked at me and said, what are you, silly? We've been working the whole way through COVID. Everything's been stood up. Nothing's slowed down. In fact, certain things have ramped up. He said you may not have been able to do as much in the community in terms of going out and presenting all your events and workshops and doing other things in person, but the fact that all the lights are still running and running much brighter than they normally are in itself is an achievement. So in terms of where to from here, I'm looking forward to... I've been fine-tuning my OSINT workshop that I run for primary and early high school students i'm doing one early november hopefully and the next one will probably be in february up in sydney Uh and otherwise at the moment i'm just studying i'm just pushing ahead with my career and seeing what opportunities come my way at the moment because as i said with this community there are a lot of opportunities it's growing in every direction and even in directions and dimensions one has never assumed would happen that's awesome no that's fantastic feedback that's um i think a lot of people will hang on to your every word that's for sure 
So thank you so much today for your time again, Jacinda, and helping us. And uh, I hope that you have, I'm sure that you have inspired a lot of other people to um, follow in your footsteps and especially with the hackathons and the capture flag events. So thank you. No worries. Always happy to take some time out of my day to immerse myself further in the cybersecurity community. And I really hope I do inspire others. <laughs> oh, I bet you will. <laughs> you inspire us all the time. So thanks again, Jacinda, and we'll have a chat another day. You've been listening to Cyber Career Chat, the podcast supporting innovation and opportunities in cybersecurity. You can listen to other episodes and access show notes and other resources mentioned on this podcast on our website at newsouthwalesyn.com.au. That's nswcybersecurityinnovationnode.com.au. Cyber Career Chat is brought to you by the New South Wales Cybersecurity Innovation Node and proudly produced and supported by the Experts on Air Podcast Network.